0: Welcome back to Amazing Horse Country. Amazing Horse Country is a unique and positive style of relational horsemanship. We're down to earth, honest, and well, we just really enjoy horses. In this episode, we welcome back equine biomechanics expert Jody Schultzy mcmahon And what should we talk about today? Hmm, how about confirmation? Confirmation is one of those words we hear tossed around in the horse world. It means different things to different folks and different disciplines. But just how important is it? And why? Well, we have the expert here to tell us all about it. Before we turn things over to Jody make sure to visit AmazingHorseCountry.com. We'd love to have you as a member. Your membership gives you access to clinics, a growing suite of training and riding videos, one-on-one online training with me, of course, the Amazing Horse Country live show, and much more. And of course, I have to throw in the pitch. If you're enjoying these podcasts, we'd love it if you help us out. Just head to Patreon.com slash AmazingHorseCountry For as little as $3 per month, we'll send you a bunch of cool stuff, and you'll be able to sleep at night knowing you've helped us pay for a ton of expensive recording gear that, when not cluttering up the house with a ton of cables and mics and monitors, allows us to bring you the podcast that you're listening to this very minute. So how about it? Did you head to patreon.com backslash amazing yet? No? Okay, I'll wait. How about now? You'll do it later? Excellent. I'll take your word for it. Glad to have you on board. Okay, Jody. How about you start us off with a story?
1: I have a gelding named drifter he is 19 years old and i've owned him for about 16 years looking at him confirmationally is a little bit scary he has a really long neck a long back he's built very downhill and he doesn't have a lot of bone or substance in his legs his head looks a little bit big and coarse at the end of his neck he's just really not what most people would consider ideal but let me tell you there are a lot of reasons that he's still with me after all of these years He is incredibly kind. He has been through so much of my learning with me, and when I get on him and change things up, he always just tries to figure out what I'm asking of him. He's a horse that's incredibly easy to sit on all day. I can pull him out of the pasture, even if it's been a while, and I know he's just gonna go to work. I've trusted him to carry me while I was pregnant, and if there's a job to do, he's always game. He's not built well to sort cattle, but he's cowy enough and has enough heart that he is always my go-to for that job even though I do own other horses that are more cutting bread. I've put him in ridiculous situations that really should have been a wreck, but weren't just because he shows up and tries his best. So confirmation really is just a small piece of the big picture. The heart and try that a horse has can overcome something being more of a physical challenge. I will pick the horse with more heart over the one that looks nice, but really isn't that thrilled to go to work.
0: In the studio once again today is Jody Schulze McMahon. Hi Scott. Hi Jody. How are you doing? Good. Fantastic. So, what we're talking about today is confirmation. And I guess we should just start by defining what
1: that means. So, the dictionary definition of confirmation is that it is the shape or structure of something. With our horses, we're often looking at the overall shape of them, looking at the lengths and angles of body parts, and the qualities of the soft tissue. Looking at the conformation of a horse can tell us some things about the potential long-term soundness of that horse, as well as what type of job that horse may or may not be suited for. There are confirmations that are considered to be flaws, because they mean that the horse is less likely to stay sound once they're in work.
0: So... What are the main parts of the horse's body that are generally observed when we're looking to determine the conformational quality of a horse? I would guess that there are certain features that are obvious and some that are more subtle and some that are sort of an overall quality.
1: For sure, legs are pretty much always scrutinized, but people also look at various proportions and lengths in the body. For example, being able to divide the body into thirds and if those thirds are equal, or, for instance, the depth of the trunk in comparison to the length of the legs.
0: Right on. So, I've found that in many cases, confirmation can tend to be more of a matter of opinion than a matter of fact. You know, for example, someone might see a feature as a confirmation flaw and it won't matter to the next person, or they might argue about it. Is there a black and white to confirmation, or is it all just a gray area?
1: In my experience, i found that there's things that generally everyone considers to be a flaw. And then there are things that certain individuals, say trainers, breeders, um, or people who compete in specific disciplines consider flaws. Some things, like the front legs being either towed in or out, don't really have any sort of positive to them. There's generally more strain on the joints as there's more torque through the limb and while it's in motion. Being towed out means that the flight path of the limb is often changed, and this might mean that the horse is more likely to hit one front leg with his other front leg while he's moving. There just isn't really a positive to having this, so to me this would be an example of a true confirmation flaw. Now, I also want to be really clear and say that a horse with four limb flaws is definitely not a write-off either, and we'll come back to that in a little bit.
0: So that begs the question then, how much is too much?
1: There probably really isn't a definitive answer on how much is too much, and I think that it depends on the individual. When I was younger, I had a lovely Anglo-Arab mare that was quite towed in, but she was probably one of the soundest horses that I've ever owned. That being said, she also probably wouldn't have been my first choice to be a meter 40 jumper. (laughs) No
0: doubt. I've read that it's rare to find a horse with their toes pointing straight, and you know, you see magazine covers and there's all this perfect conformational thing. But how realistic is that? It would seem to me that the first question we want to ask would be why the toe isn't straight. Um, Could it be a compensation for pain in the shoulder? Could it be an uneven trim?
1: For sure. It is really important to have a good thorough look at the leg before you decide that something is a confirmation flaw. Someone might think their horse is towed out, for example. But then, when you look at the leg, it is actually very straight with all of the joints and all of the bones being in a good normal alignment. But the horse is just holding his elbow tight in to the body, so the limb looks like it's towed out. With a bit of body work, suddenly the leg appears to be straight. The body work didn't fix the conformation, it just helped improve the horse's posture.
0: That is interesting. You know, one thing I've noticed is that there can be a bit of a disparity between a conformational flaw and a personal preference.
1: Absolutely. Something like pelvic angle is a great example of this. So to dig into that a bit further, we can have either a flatter pelvic angle or a more sloped pelvic angle. With a flatter pelvic angle, we get more area for muscular attachment, and this often equates to more forward power. With a more sloped pelvic angle, the horse is set up to sit or engage the hindquarters a bit easier. The angulation is also going to dictate the specific direction of muscle fibers and how the force is directed from the hind end. So for our flatter pelvic angle, that means that the power is being directed more forward, whereas a sloped angle means that we're going to get a little bit more loft or that the power is going to go more upwards. Now, none of this is inherently good or bad, but one or the other may be more desirable for certain disciplines. For endurance, where we want to cover a lot of ground as efficiently as possible, having more power directed forward makes sense. For dressage, where we'd like the horse to be able to sit and have a lot of loft and size in every stride, then more slope makes sense. But there's also a balance in everything. For example, we don't want so much slope that we're now lacking in power or have a horse that's so flat that it's setting up the spine to be inverted. Neither of these is gonna be beneficial at the end of the day. We also need to realize that the horse with the flatter pelvis can still sit and engage. It's just gonna look different than the horse that has more slope to start with. The difficulty arises when we're just learning about conformation. So if we go out and talk to that endurance rider We might be told that the pelvic slope is a bad thing. Then when we go to talk to the dressage rider, they might tell us that a flat pelvis is a bad thing. So to prevent the confusion, it's important to understand why each person has a preference and determine if it is a preference or if it's actually a flaw.
0: That reminds me of a really funny video I saw online not that long ago that illustrates exactly what you're saying. There's some mobster type characters who have just bought this horse and the guys who purchased the horse for them kept going on about its beautiful confirmation and that it was a best horse they could have and a super expensive horse. And then the next clip shows a field of horses breaking out of the starting gate. And it turns out this horse is a dressage horse. So he's demonstrating this beautiful PF while the rest of the horses take off around the track.
1: That's exactly it.
0: <laughs> so let's consider a person that has purchased a horse, perhaps having some great success with it. And then they start to learn more about confirmation. They might note some features about their horse and question whether their horse is truly suited for the riding discipline they're pursuing. Should they start looking for another horse?
1: Not necessarily. If they had their sets set on being competitive at a very high level, maybe. But for the average horse owner or someone progressing in a discipline, I think the value of looking at your horse's confirmation is that it gives you an idea of what's potentially easy for your horse to do. For example, in my own herd, I have a little quarter horse gelding that has a bit more slope to his pelvis, and sliding stops are super natural for him. I have another gelding that isn't quite as sloped, and he can still stop quite nicely, but it did require more time and effort to train that stop. Part of this could also just be temperament of these two horses. Horse one may tend to be a little bit more on the lazy side, so he just (laughs) generally likes to stop so that obviously plays a role too. And for myself, I don't compete in any particular discipline. I just ride and look to advance myself and my horses as much as I'm able to, so neither horse's build is a detriment to what I'm trying to accomplish with them.
0: Yeah, for sure, that's understandable. So, the confirmation of a horse isn't necessarily detrimental, and it can be discipline-dependent. You mentioned that confirmation can be a determining factor in soundness too. So, As a professional body worker, can you unpack that a little bit for us?
1: So in my experience, both as a horsewoman and a body worker, it is important to note the horse's conformation as it may highlight areas that are prone to issues, but I've found that how the horse is working is a greater contributor to having issues. For example, having a long back is generally considered less than ideal conformation as it has less strength to support the weight of the rider, just being a longer span. If that horse is trained and ridden in a poor posture, then yeah, they're certainly going to be more prone to having issues than a horse with a shorter back. These issues could be anything from having a tight sore back to kissing spine disease to challenges with saddle fit. However, if that same horse is trained and ridden in a correct posture, with focus put on really ensuring that they develop a strong core, then there's no reason to expect that this horse should have any more issues than the horse with more ideal conformation. And I think it's safe to say that a horse with poor conformation that is ridden well will generally have less issues than a well-put-together horse that is ridden poorly. I find that all too often conformation receives the blame that really lies on poor body usage that has resulted from poor training or riding.
0: Considering the horse's back as a conformational feature, it makes sense that we'd want to make sure we have a saddle that fits, and that fit is dependent on the particular horse. I'd like to dig more into what you mean by riding our horses in a correct posture. Are you saying that we can adapt our riding to the horse's particular conformation? Or that proper riding can, for lack of a better term, overcome a conformational detriment?
1: What I'm trying to say is that proper riding is definitely more important than perfect conformation. I know from the clinics that we've done together that this really is a main focus of this style of horsemanship. So we really delve into this there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that begs the question then, what would you consider poor training or riding that could adversely affect a horse or maybe even play into an existing confirmation issue?
1: I would say anything that causes your horse to move with poor posture or causes them to carry a lot of tension.
0: Yeah, and we know um, from experience that tension can lead to a lot of other problems as well. Can you share a story from your own experience, maybe something where confirmation would have dictated a certain performance in the horse, but you found the exact opposite?
1: For sure. I actually have a really good story on this. Way back when, when I was still starting colts and riding horses for people, I had a five or six-year-old gelding come in. He had been a stud horse, and the clients were wanting me to put some time on him to help sell him. So this was back in the day when the internet was slow and the picture came in pixel by pixel. And as I got to see more and more of this horse, I actually laughed. And then I was really horrified that someone had used this horse as a stallion and tried to make more of him. He had a really short neck, was built really downhill, had really short upright pasterns. His back was a nice length, but it was quite swayed, especially for such a young horse. His pelvic angle was super steep, and there just wasn't a whole lot that looked good to me.
0: Sounds like a pretty boy.
1: (laughs) I mean, everybody has their thing. (laughs) So I did end up putting some time on him, and man was I ever surprised. Based on the confirmation, I was expecting him to be really rough and really short strided. I was so wrong. He had a beautiful, long, smooth stride that was something you could easily sit on all day to go check cows or fence. He was able to use his back really well, despite that sway. He was quite athletic, and man, he could sure stop. I actually really, really, really liked riding him. Nice. And best of all, he had a really nice mind and was super willing. This is one of the things that caused me to learn that there are myths when it comes to confirmation.
0: Such as?
1: So a good example is short upright pasterns and upright shoulders, meaning that a horse is going to be rough and choppy to ride. I've heard that. Over time, I've ridden many horses with this conformation, and I'm sure that you've had too, and I found that this isn't really a hard and fast rule. I've also ridden horses with longer well-slope pasterns that would be, quote-unquote, more conformationally ideal, and they were really rough to ride. So I think this is a perfect example of conformation being blamed for something that really isn't a conformation problem.
0: Yeah, those are great examples. And you know... <laughs> uh I've got confirmation problems too. I have busted bones and joints. And, you know, I noticed years ago I was walking through the snow and I turned around and looked at my footprints and my feet are pointing in different directions. But I don't notice it. Like it doesn't, it's not a problem for me. You know, sure, if if I was a competitive athlete, that might be something that's going to affect, you know, how I can perform. Years ago, I attended a confirmation clinic and You know, it left me thinking that all my horses were flawed and we're going to suffer horrible soundness issues. But of course, none of that ever happened. And I got to thinking, like, my horses don't wander around thinking, oh, it's so horrible that my front feet point out two degrees. Or hey, I've got a shorter back than that horse over there. You know, unless there's a soundness issue, they don't care any more than we do about our own physical problems most of the time. There's no such thing as a perfect human being either, and we all know that There was a study done using military recruits that showed thirty two percent of them had a one leg that was you know around a quarter inch longer than the other. In human physiology, we consider that normal, yet you'll see someone on their knees with a protractor measuring the angle of a horse's toe.
1: That's exactly it. No one's telling your horse what he can or can't do, and it isn't fair for us to limit him solely based on confirmation.
0: Yeah, I agree. Personally, you know, I struggle with lending a heck of a lot of credence to confirmation. I found that when confirmation becomes a focus, it opens up a door to blaming the horse when things are not going so well. It isn't something I really even look at. Instead, I like to focus on, you know, building some better balance, releasing brace and tension, eliminating mental anxiety, those factors that cause a horse to perform. And when we've got those things nailed, we can really see the full extent of how the horse can perform. And like you said, in many cases, that can be in complete contrast to what folks believe the confirmation would dictate. Confirmation is too often used as a negative to dictate what your horse can't do. Instead, I think it's a great idea to focus and train the positive you know, everything your horse can do. I've seen time and time again when a client has a worry about a confirmation issue that it seems to disappear as soon as the horse's posture and balance is corrected
1: this happens so often on a couple different levels and like you say first of all when we support the horse with what he needs then we do end up with better posture and balance and movement and second of all it's pretty neat when you see a horse that you don't even recognize anymore because their body has changed in response to the work that they've been doing yeah. for the better In my own herd, I have a little palomino gelding of somewhat unknown history. When he first arrived, I would have said he had an ewe neck. Over time, we chipped away at some of his mental and emotional pieces and some of the brace that he was showing us in the work. And to look at him now, he actually has a very nicely built neck.
0: That is awesome. And, you know, it's for that reason in the clinics and working with client horses that there's so much more value in focusing on what the horse is showing in the moment versus our conception of a problem or even their past history.
1: That's really great, Scott, because you're able to address underlying issues which allow the changes to happen that lead to better posture balance and movement. So often what we define as confirmation is actually a posture. A horse might appear to have a suede back, but after we spend time releasing brace through the top line and encourage them to use their core, suddenly the suede back starts to change. At the end of the day, confirmation does give us some valuable information and does bear weight in certain circumstances. For example, if we are breeders who are really striving to improve on our breed, we don't want to use individuals that have definitive flaws. But in terms of working with horses, I think it's far more important to focus on what the horse is presenting and how we're going to help that horse advance. Not every human being is suited to every job, and the same goes for the horse. But with the proper training, I think we can help each horse reach their own peak potential.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can find Jody on Facebook at Broken Spur Equine Therapy or on her website at BrokenspurEquineTherapy.com And hey how about we have Jody back for another podcast? But what would we ask of a biomechanics expert and experienced equine therapist? If you have any topic ideas, just send us a message. We'll bug Jodi until she agrees. We're good at that. Until next time, my friends, happy trails.